Hello, everyone. This is Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his friends make college ball picks every week of the season. Today, we're talking week seven of the 2021 college ball campaign. I'm your host, Professor Sides. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. With me today is my co-host, Cousin Jared, who had a subpar week last week, but is still at 52% for the year. Not bad. Hello there. Hello. Good to be with you again this evening. Yeah, the, the worst week of the season by far. We'll get into that uh, here in a little bit, uh, but feeling good about bouncing back this coming week. All right. I like it. I like it. Jack is getting some much needed R&R at the moment. He is also at 52% for the season. He'll be back with us next week. My picks basically broke even last week, uh, so we stopped the bleeding, uh, but we are still waiting for that week where everything comes together. It's coming. Uh, the model did have its best mean absolute error last week, so again, that's the average difference between how far off the model is from the results, so I am optimistic going forward. And you'll hear me reference the model throughout the show, so a reminder for everyone that my full power ratings are available in the Google Sheet. That's in the link below. Uh, the difference between the two teams' ratings, once you add in home field advantage, makes up what the model thinks the spread should be. Uh, which gives us a good idea of where there's value week to week. Uh, the long run, this is a winning strategy. Uh, however, the model is built to optimize for 130 teams, meaning it will consistently miss on a few. It also doesn't know about recent injuries. So what I'll attempt to do in the course of this episode is explain where I think the model will shine and where I don't trust it. Uh, the aforementioned Google Sheet contains all of the college football picks that the two of us will make for the week. They'll be posted on Twitter as well and tracked via the free bet tracking app, BetStamp. And don't forget to check out my MLB picks, which have continued to roll. Links are in the description below. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, rate, leave a review. We truly appreciate all those things. We're going to kick things off with another round of the good, the bad, and the best. Cousin Jared, what was good about week six college football? So the good thing for me was I called the Michigan-Nebraska game exactly as it happened on this podcast. Go back to last week, re-listen to it. Um, I said that Nebraska would have a late game turnover and that by only laying the three points with Michigan, we uh, put ourselves in a great position to possibly have a worst case scenario of a push. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, very few victories for me last weekend, but I am going to call that one a victory. I called that one exactly as it happened. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Uh, for me, what was good was going to bed thinking that I had lost UCLA in New Mexico State, only to wake up to see UCLA kicks a pretty meaningless field goal with a minute 43 to go to get outside the number. And New Mexico State just tops them off. They score a backdoor touchdown to cover with six seconds left in the game. I mean, impressive. I think it is. And I think it's probably due to the fact that we have dubbed ourselves the official, unofficial New Mexico State football podcast. I think I think the guys heard it. They knew what they were fighting for. So kudos to you. I really appreciate it getting us that uh, yep. backdoor cover. That was that was a, a lot of fun. Uh, now yep. to the bed. Yeah, I'm sure they're listening to us and playing sure, sure. just for us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I think because of Jared, on, onto the bad, what was bad for you about last week? Uh, okay, so there were a lot of bad things uh, last week. I'm, I'm not honestly not even quite sure my record. I think it was 6-13 and 13 and 1 last week, some, something like that. Um, so too many bad things to count, but I chose four bad things that I thought were exceptionally bad. Um, so uh, Temple, Cincinnati had under 54.5, total ended at 55. Um, Stanford and Arizona State, I had over over 51 and a half, 28 total points scored in the first 20 minutes of the game. I thought I was cruising to the victory on the over there and then zero offensive TDs the rest of the game, only 10 points the rest of the game. I didn't even come close to getting the over there. I'm pretty shocked about that. I had the under 50, uh, Georgia Southern and Troy that ended at 51 and then Memphis 
Oh my god, again. Memphis again. The almost almost the exact same thing. I said it was very, one, very one of my. I I said it was one of my best bets. Uh, I had under sixty one and a half. Entered the fourth quarter with a total of thirty four. I thought for sure there was no way this was a loser, and then they scored thirty points in the last ten minutes of the fourth quarter. Uh, Tulsa scored a forty four yard touchdown with four minutes left. If they just would have not broken a long touchdown again and ate up some more time on the clock, that would have definitely helped. And then, of course, Memphis drove right down the field in less than a minute and scored to, to hit the over. So uh, those four games right there were exceptionally crushing and, uh, yeah, definitely fall in the bad category for me. And, and the kicker on the Memphis game, they scored that touchdown meaningless. You know, they get the two, which I guess was nice because they're only down six. Uh, that way, if they get another touchdown, they win. They don't have to get overtime. They get the stop. They get the ball back. Jack and I have Memphis plus three. And so we're like, hey, now that they've got the ball back, at least if they score here, all is not lost, right? Jack and I can get some yeah. victories because get the touchdown, kick the extra point, they win by a point, get the ball yep. back, and yep. then completely fall flat on their face. So, yeah, I mean, that was yeah. just a kick in the teeth for all of us. Um, yeah, we, we, I guess, you know, we're the official New Mexico State podcast. We are the anti-Memphis podcast at this point, I think. Yeah, that was, that was brutal. Uh, for me, you know, honorable mention, A, to Iowa for rushing the field as the third rate team in a game you're favored in. I'm sorry. Like I am a, yeah. I, I am a like, let people have fun kind of guy. Let the kids have fun. Let the students have fun. But man, you're the third rate team. Like don't rush the field right. in a game that you're supposed to win. Uh, yep. Honorable mention there, but I, I got to talk about Texas. Uh, huge lead and, and the, the blown lead, just ignore all of that, right? Ignore the whole second half collapse because there was a lot of football happening. So even if you missed all of that, it gets down to the end of the game and Oklahoma's at the 33-yard line. They run one last play just to try to make the field goal easier. I'm thinking, okay, you know, they get a five-yard play, they get a 10-yard play, they kick the field goal. I've got Texas plus three and a half. That's an easy winner. Uh, maybe they missed the field goal. It goes to overtime, Texas plus three and a half, still looking pretty good. Not a guaranteed winner, but looking pretty good. And then they let the guy, no one even touches yeah. him for a 33-yard touchdown with three seconds to go. I mean, that was just the, the cherry on top uh, for right. that. I, I think somebody tweeted about how that was really a scripted way to break Texas fans' hearts. And, yeah. and that's, that's accurate. And that was just absolutely brutal um, yeah. for that one. So we're going to close out uh, with the best because in general, it was the best thing. Uh, for you about this weekend as if as if any of us are doubting where you're going with this. well okay in 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 you know my defense i could have gone with the red river rivalry where the preseason heisman favorite got benched and i i think he's probably lost a starting job at this point and i think texas a wild probably wins. Of events. yeah and i think texas probably wins that game if he stays in which is which yeah. is even crazier i could go to Ole miss arkansas just absolutely crazy game that Ole miss wins by one point i could go to Fail that two point I, conversion yeah, I, I could yeah. go to that Iowa-Penn State game that you talked about, which is just crazy, Iowa coming back and winning. But you are correct. I'm going to College Station and Texas A&M upsetting Alabama. Um, I'm sure there's been more unlikely upsets of number one ranked teams. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to fall victim to recency bias here, but I just can't think of another team that seemed so putrid on offense the way Texas A&M has the past few weeks. And just – scoring points at will in the first half against Alabama and our defense, you know, playing very well as they normally have, uh, that part didn't surprise me. Um, but just, it seemed like we had no, absolutely no chance going into that game. And then 
doing nothing offensively in the second half until five minutes left in the game. We stay in the game by a return kick for a touchdown. Uh, and then in the last five minutes, we decide, oh, yeah, we're, we can score points again. Uh, anyway, it was just it was great. I, I couldn't believe we did it. Jimbo Fisher, uh, you know, talked a lot of crap about Nick Saban in the offseason. And, you know, I was just shaking my head. What are you doing? And then he actually lived up to it. Um, you know, he, he beat him. So yeah, for me by far uh, the best thing, seeing the fans storm the storm, the field there at Cobfield was, was pretty great. And and then one where it's completely acceptable to do so in that situation. Exactly. The, the uh, opposite of Iowa. Yeah. The exactly. opposite of Iowa. Absolutely. And I believe that was Nick Saban's first loss against a former assistant. Uh, which is pretty impressive as well. Uh, yeah, and they, they had won 100 straight games against unranked opponents as well. Yeah, yeah, so all, all sorts of crazy things. And, and I think like you talked about, I, I just wanted to retouch on that. The second half played out like we all kind of thought it would. You know, a yeah. has the lead at halftime. Everyone's like, just wait. Alabama gets the offense going. You know, yep. at one point, the total yards in the second half are like 300 to 20 or something ridiculous like that. Yep. And then came with the ball, and then we're like, yeah, this is what happened. The backup quarterback, you know, blah, blah, mm. blah. And then, like you said, at the very end, the offense just is like, oh, yeah, moving the ball against Alabama, that's easy. Everyone does that and just <laughs> marches down the field two times in a row. Yeah. It, it was absolutely wild to watch. And, of course, that's happening as the uh, mission game is playing out. I mean, it, there was a right. lot happening. It was, uh, it was a good day Saturday. of college football all it, around. It, it really was uh, for me. And of course, we talked about a lot of things there, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little nerd play on words here. The best thing for me were my best bets. Uh, we debuted this last week. Those went three, one and one. Uh, so if you if you took the advice of those, you did well. And, and Michigan, Nebraska, that game had two two point conversions that had either one of them gone different. Uh, Michigan wins by four. And that gets us to four and one. So uh, right. those went really well. And I was, I was very pleased with that uh, from a big picture standpoint. Moving on to this week, all lines, as usual, courtesy of Circus Sportsbook. We're going to break the games down into some different segments this week. Hopefully it's a little easier to follow rather than just one big blob of games. We're going to start off with some midweek games. Uh, we got a Tuesday game uh, early on here. Uh, not uh, Maction, I guess, usually with the, the midweek Maction, I guess this is Fun Belt on, on yeah. Tuesday night. So uh, we're going to get this podcast out here on, on a Monday. So if you, if you listen to this later in the week, this has already happened. So either we look really smart or really dumb. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll let you decide. Yeah. Uh, but Tuesday night, which should be a really fun game, uh, two of the top teams in the Sun Belt, Appalachian State is a three and a half point road favorite at uh, Louisiana. Uh, what do you got for us here, Jared? When you have a really bad day, you know, you're just really ready for that next day to start. So you can just kind of get that bad taste out of your mouth. That's how I am this past weekend. I want to get some action early in the week to get rid of all of the bad stuff that happened this past weekend. So official play for me, I'm laying three and a half points with App State here on the road. Uh, Louisiana is one and four against the spread this season. They've been pretty underwhelming. I think App State is a much better team, and I'm just not convinced that Louisiana is going to be able to put up very many points in this game. So uh, let's get the week started off on the right foot uh, with laying the three and a half points with App State. I like it. I'm with you as well. I am laying the three and a half points as an official pick. The model says uh, five and a half. Uh, this is one where if you can snag a three, obviously, I like that a lot more. We've, we've talked mm -hmm. about this. I feel like every week there's a game we, we highlight where, hey, if we can get that three, we're just giving ourselves the cover. But in this case, I'm not really sure I'm scared off of the three and a half. There should be a lot of points here. I think Appalachia State has a pretty good offense. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm not overly worried. I think they are the better team as well. I've liked backing them this season so far, so no reason to really uh, stop right here. So I'm with you on that one. 
Uh, there are a few games Thursday. We're going to skip right over those to some Friday games. Friday, San Diego State is at San Jose State. What coming into the season was pegged to be, uh, you know, a top-notch game, losing a little bit of its luster at this point. San Diego State, an eight-point favorite here uh, on the road. Uh, Cousin Jerry, do you have any insight for us on this one? So Nick Starkle, quarterback for San Jose State, not sure if he's going to play or not. I would would love this, uh, this number laying the eight points if I knew that he was going to be out. But again, don't know his status this early in the week. Uh, so for me, as of right now, this is, this is a stay away. But yeah, if he doesn't play, I think you're getting a still with, with this uh, only having to lay eight with San Diego State. Yeah, I agree. I'm laying the eight either way. I'm like you. It goes from, uh, you know, I really like it to it. I love it pick with him mm-hmm. out. But San Jose State has been really underwhelming this season. Yep. Uh, they are 0-5 against the spread in FBS games. We talked about this last week. Uh, the model yep. has said fade them every time. It said fade them again last week, and that uh, worked out well for us. Uh, the model's 3-1 backing San Diego State. The only loss was that New Mexico State game early on in the season we talked about, which hopefully we've you know, finally cleanse that from our palate yeah. a little bit. Again, yeah. that was when we talked about this last week, that was a really weird first half. Mexico State jumped out yeah. to a 10 nothing lead. San Diego State looks a lot better in the second half and kind of gets rolling from that point of the season on and has looked good. So the model says San Diego State should win by nine and a half. Uh, I'm laying the eight. Um, not really worried about the fact that it's not that it's off the seven. Mm-hmm. I think they should win that game handily. San Jose State just not looking as good as they did last year, yep. uh, in my opinion. And then a Friday uh, after dark game here, Pac-12 after dark on a weeknight, uh, California at Oregon. Oregon is a 14-point favorite. Uh, what do you have for us here, Cousin Jared? I feel like everything that we've discussed with Oregon came bubbling to the surface in that Stanford game. Uh, you know, we, we talked about they just let these teams hang around and, and hang around, and, you know, they made a habit of putting them away late, and they just weren't able to do that with Stanford. Um, no play for me on this game, but I can definitely tell you if, if I had to make a pick, I'd be taking the points all the way. Okay, okay. All right, I'm on the other side of that. I'm taking Oregon minus 14. Wow. The model says 16 and a half. Um, I'm, I'm going to mention this a couple times later on, but as the model was kind of recalibrated to make sure that we're not playing favorites too often, it's kind of brought all those teams closer together in the power ratings. What that means is it means the model doesn't really love to lay points. So when the model does lay big points, I like it. Mm. That happened last week with Coastal Carolina, and it happened last week with San Diego State, who we just talked about both teams laying big numbers. And we said, hey, the model doesn't really love to lay a big number. So if it says play it, have confidence in it. The model says 16 and a half. Um, you're absolutely right with Oregon. They can be a scary team. They rely a little too much on turnovers. They, <clears throat> they let teams hang around a little too much. California just hasn't been that good. And yep. so this is a case where Oregon should just go out and be able to outclass them. Moving on to Saturday, we're going to call this segment Games You Care About. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. They're games you care about. This week, we had to stretch a little bit. This week, Slate's a little bit weaker. In previous weeks, the games you care about yeah. might have lasted, you know, 10 games. But here, we, we had to stretch to add a few. Uh, yeah. but, but we think there's some fun ones here. Either way, we're going to start off with Michigan State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Indiana. What do you got for us here, Cousin Jared? I, I wrote down some, some notes on why I'm taking Michigan State, but let's just be as brief as possible and say I'm not hopping off the Michigan State train. I mean, I don't, I don't know what percentage of our profits this year are off Michigan State, but it feels like a huge percentage. Um, so official play for me, I'm laying the three and a half points with, with Michigan State. Uh, they're 4-1-1 one one against the spread this year, and I, I, I don't see why that would end this week. So I'm staying on the train, laying the points with Michigan State. 
Yeah, I completely agree. This is one of my five best bets for the week right here at Michigan State minus three and a half. The model says eight and a half. That is a crazy difference. Yeah. And, and I and I don't really disagree with it. Indiana hasn't been that impressive. Michigan State has. I'm not really that worried about them going on the road. You talked about Michigan State covering Indiana. The model's 4-0 fading Indiana. I don't really see any reason to stop. Uh, you know, at some point they won't cover, but usually when they don't cover, it's either going to be a fluke occurrence or we're just going to tip our cap and say, sometimes stuff happens, right? Or it's going to be yep. a situation where the number catches up to them. The number has not caught up to them. I can't really explain why the number catches up to some teams quicker than others. It just mm -hmm. hasn't caught up to them. People don't seem to realize that this Michigan State team is really good. We talked about it last week. I'm like, you, yeah, let's just keep rolling with it. So Michigan State minus yep. three and a half official pick for you and one of my five best bets. Moving on to Another team in green, one that I care a little bit more about, Baylor at home against BYU. This is an interesting one, right? BYU, uh, I guess, relinquishes their Pac-12 title now to Boise State, who gets to carry that right. Big 12 title belt, right? Uh, BYU going to play Baylor, which will be a future Big 12 conference game. So just this is a confusion all around here on this one. Uh, who's, who's even in what conference anymore? Uh, Baylor is a four and a half point favorite. Uh, what's your analysis on this one? So my analysis is that I think this line is set pretty well. I feel like these are two teams that I have pretty strong opinions on both of them. And this line was set in the area where I, I didn't feel comfortable going either way. Um, I think in spurts, Baylor has definitely looked like the better team this year. Um, but BYU on the whole, I feel like has been more consistent because I had some flashbacks with Baylor to that first game against Texas State. Um, I think about that uh, game at Oklahoma State just a couple of weeks ago, and that kind of just gives me a little bit of pause with Baylor, even though their peaks have definitely been higher than BYU's peaks, in my opinion. Um, if this were around Baylor by a field goal, I would definitely lean that direction. If BYU was getting up to a touchdown, I'd definitely lean that direction. Uh, but again, for me, I think this line is set pretty well, so I'm, I'm staying away. That makes sense. Uh, I, the model's got this at Baylor minus eight, which I think is interesting because of the fact that the model has has backed BYU and Baylor both in every game they've played this year. Uh, so the model likes both of these teams. Uh, it just likes Baylor more than BYU. Uh, it's an official pick, Baylor minus four and a half for me. Uh, the reason why is when you dive into uh, where the power ratings lie for these two teams, I think the clear difference is that there's a class difference between Baylor and BYU. The teams that BYU has mm -hmm. played are just in a different tier than those that that Baylor is playing against in the Big 12. Yeah. I think uh, we, we've talked about the Pac-12 being down. We, you know, we joke about how the BYU's beat up on the Pac-12. It's just a different. It's just a different world. And so I think when you compare the resumes, there, it's that both have been impressive. Both have had some ups and downs. Neither teams lit up lit it up against the spread, uh, but one's playing against better competition. And so that's mm -hmm. why I've got Baylor. Uh, about five points better than BYU on a neutral field. And then you had the home home field edge. So it's Baylor oh. minus four and a half for me. You did mention if, you know, if Baylor was down at three, this line opened a lot lower. You know, if you're out there, oh. I, I posted my power ratings and I'll try to do this in the future uh, before lines came out for anything. So if you're seeing that, you can kind of infer your own line and get a really early number. This was under three for a while. At three, this would be a best bet uh, for mm. me. But at four and a half, it, it's not because you lose a lot of that value. I mean, Baylor could easily right. by by a field goal. Uh, but I still like them at minus four and a half um, as well. 
You act like you were going to say something there. Do you have something you wanted to add? No, I was just going to do my best Jack impression and be like, so, but BYU's in the Pac-12 South, Ryan. Yeah. Are you yeah, saying exactly. the Pac-12 is not as good as the Big 12? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Auburn at Arkansas. Arkansas is a four point favorite. Because, uh, Jared, what's your pick on this one? Official play for me here. I am laying the four points with Arkansas. So, the way that I would equate this well, two things. Number one, and most importantly, the past two weeks, you know, Arkansas has, has played Georgia and then they played Ole Miss, uh, both which present very unique challenges. And Ole Miss, maybe, maybe the best offense in the country. Georgia, I think, by far the best defense in the country. So, I would equate it to Arkansas has been like swinging a bat with a donut on it. And that donut's getting taken off uh, this week. And then they're going to feel like they're swinging a twig, I think, when, when they're facing Auburn. And don't get me wrong, Auburn's not a bad team, but Auburn is not Georgia, and Auburn offensively is not uh, Ole Miss. So um, I think that Auburn just doesn't have enough firepower to keep up with Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to be able to dictate the terms of the game, uh, and I think they're going to cover this pretty easily. So I'm laying the four points with Arkansas. Yeah, it's a lean for me in the same direction. So I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a one-unit play as opposed to a two- or three-unit play. So my smaller of the units. I, I like everything you said. I agree with you. The model has this about spot on the number. So it's not because of the math that I that, that I lean Arkansas. It's kind of what you said. Just looking at it, I think that uh, – and we talked previously about the Bo Nix experience, right? Yeah, that Arkansas yeah. defense has got the potential to give him some problems – and I think that could be the difference in this game. So you give yep. Arkansas a reasonable two and a half or three points for home field. And then you're saying Arkansas is just barely better than Auburn. Maybe, but I think that if you put Auburn against a team like Ole Miss, I think then Bo Nix gets to shine a little bit more than a team like Arkansas, right. which I think right. when, you, when you just look at the matchup, I think it favors Arkansas. So only a lean because the math doesn't necessarily go one way or the other, but just me looking at my eyeballs, I, I agree with everything you did, that you said there. Okay. Uh, one other SEC game of interest, Ole Miss is at Tennessee. Um, Ole Miss is a three and a half point road favorite. What do you have for us here? Official play for me, I'm laying the three and a half with Ole Miss. I feel like Tennessee is like the little brother or maybe like the little cousin of Ole Miss like I feel like they're just trying to do what Ole Miss does but they're just not there yet and they're, they're not going to be able to do it as, as well or effectively um, so I think that, that Tennessee the type of game they want to play is going to play right into Ole Miss's hands and I think Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral are just going to have a, a field day I mean Tennessee may score a lot of points in this game but they would have to score a lot of points plus probably like 10 or 14 more um, so I think Ole Miss is going to cover this pretty easily. Okay. Okay. Uh, the model, the model says Tennessee by two and a half, which what? yes, which really gives me pause. Uh, I talked about this at the top of the show, right? My power ratings are built to try to optimize for 130 teams. It's going to miss on a team or two here and there, and that's what our job is to go figure that out. I've got Ole Miss ranked 15th, and I think if you hear that, you say that seems reasonable, right? Maybe they should be right. 12th, maybe they should be 18th, whatever, right? But 15th, no one's batting an eye. I've got Tennessee 16th, and I, don't I would bat an eye at that. I'm batting an eye at that. I don't quite understand it. So for me, it's a no play for now. This is early in the week. I haven't had a chance to do uh, all the research that I want to do on it. So I'll look into this. Maybe I'll have a play on it one way or the other, but. Uh, my, my rankings having Tennessee at 16th is one of those things where I, I look through the rankings and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 And I see that. And I go, 
do they really deserve to be that high? I've seen Tennessee right. play a few times and they aren't that impressive. They seem to, they do kind of put up some points in bunches, but they also have some stretches where they just, you know, can't move the ball, it seems like. Yeah, in, in, well, in, in their defense, they've been playing a lot better since they made the quarterback change. So right. I, I think that definitely helps, but it's But just, who have they played? Yeah, yeah, South, South Carolina wasn't a huge challenge for sure. Uh, and again, you just, I don't, you're not going to be, in my opinion, you're not going to be Ole Miss at their own game. Right, right. And that's a very good point. So yeah, for me, a pass for now, I just think it was, I just thought it was interesting that Tennessee was 16th uh, in, in my model. And, and you peruse around some other models and some of them have them around that high or not too far below that. So it's just something that, that just kind of took me by a little bit of surprise. So I, I'm holding off and making a play of that for now. Um, but you make some interesting points there, uh, Cousin Jared. And moving to the last game of the Games You Care About segment, the Fox night game is UCLA at Washington. So a little Pac-12 uh, during dark, not after dark, right? Because it's, it's, not, it's not a yeah. really late start. Uh, Washington is a one-point home favorite. Uh, so what do you have for us here, Cousin Jared? Like I said, last week, bad week. So I'm going back to the Washington well. I think a perfect 4-0 on Washington picks this year. Let's make it 5-0. and uh, Official play for me, I am taking the point with UCLA here on the road. The teams that have given Washington the most fits this year are the ones that can run the ball efficiently and effectively. And that is right in Chip Kelly's wheelhouse. Um, Couple that with the fact that I, as I've stated probably every week in this podcast, one way or another, I don't know how Washington's going to score more than say like twenty-one or twenty-four points or so. So we do bring I, that I, up often. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't think that UCLA is going to have any problem getting to about twenty-seven points or so. So I am taking the point with UCLA on the road. I I like it. It's a lean for me in the same direction. The model says UCLA UCLA should be favored. Uh, by a small margin. So it's one of those wrong team favorite games, but how much value is there really? And that's why it's only a lean, but I like everything you said right there. I think that UCLA should be the slight favorite. So a lean for me, I'll put, I'll put a little bit of stake in that game, uh, but not a, not a strong endorsement on my end. Uh, UCLA has been mostly good to me this year, but the Pac-12 on the whole, I feel like I want to temper everything I do with the Pac-12 just because it's still a little bit confusing to me. Exactly. It's, it's, it's Washington. That's the only reason I feel comfortable. It's a Washington team. I'm good. Everything else, I'm out. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So moving on to our next segment, I'm calling this, you don't have to watch them to make the money. <laughs> All right. And so this is the segment where we remind you that every winner pays the same, even if it's not a sexy matchup. Uh, so we're going to start this off with, I mean, just right off the bat, let's just get to it. Vanderbilt at South Carolina, what I'm sure that you're all yeah. lining up to watch this one. Uh, South Carolina is a 20-point favorite. What do you have for us here, Cousin Jared? So probably going to go in the direction here that you would assume with, with a game that falls under, you know, this aptly named section here. Who's going to score the points in this game? Um, I feel like we have enough evidence at this point that Vanderbilt is going to score a very minimal number of points uh, against any SEC competition this year. And flip that on the other side, South Carolina offensively is just a mess. They, they are not good at all. The only offense I may put them uh, ahead of in the SEC would be Vanderbilt. So official play for me here, I am taking the under 51. I, I, I don't know who's scoring points. Clearly, South Carolina's going to score more than Vanderbilt. But, I mean, does this game end 24 to 10? Does it end 35 to 10? I don't know. But I think any, any way you slice it, under 51 is a good play. And I don't know the exact number on this, but 
I think UMass scored as many points on UConn as Vanderbilt did. It was at least in the same ballpark. It would and, not surprise me. And that's bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. UMass does not have a good offense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, while we're talking about this, I feel like you owe us a uh, regret that you didn't jump on UMass discussion, right? We talked about that last yeah. week. Yeah. I, I was about to say, do I regret not jumping on UMass? I don't even know what the final score of that game was. Oh, they won handily. They won by like 13, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I regret not jumping on UMass. There, so y'all told me so, and I didn't listen. <laughs> so, so kudos to you and Jack. Every every week we have one of those, it seems like, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm laying the 20 points with South Carolina. The model pegs it right at about 20, but I already talked about this earlier, the big spread theory where my model doesn't love laying big numbers. So when it makes a decent big number, mm-hmm. I think just roll with it. The other thing to point out, uh, the model is 5-0 and in Vanderbilt games. It actually did pick Vanderbilt the one time they covered. So wow. the model's uh, pretty spot on here. So I think this is a nice, uh, say, 21-point win, 24-point win, 28-point win for South Carolina. I don't see Vanderbilt scoring. I think South Carolina, especially after last week, can uh, uh, will feel a lot better facing Vanderbilt's offense as opposed to facing Tennessee's. So right. It'll be a, a welcome change for them. So yeah. uh, I'm laying the 20 with South Carolina. Yeah, well, let's, let's have this game in 35-10. Everybody's happy. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Texas Tech, and and, and another laugher, right? Texas Tech is at Kansas. Texas Tech is a 16-point favorite. Uh, I mean, if Kansas wins this one, they probably will rush the field into the goalpost. That's always in play when Kansas is a home game, so always something to watch out for. Yeah, so what do you you, you, you have for us on this one? So I I don't follow the Big 12 closely. I I don't know the last time that that Kansas would have covered 17 points in a a Big 12 game. Uh, I'm sure they have once or twice the past few seasons, but none of them come top of mind. Um, I've bet against Texas Tech here before West Virginia game a couple of weeks ago. I think Texas Tech has some issues, but there's no way that I'm back in Kansas here. So this is a stay away for me. I don't have much faith in either of these teams. I am laying the 16 with Tech. The model says 16 and a half, so kind of a similar theory as we mm-hmm. just talked about. The model is 4-1 in Tech games. That one loss was last week. Uh, Kansas is 4-0, I mean 0-4 against the, against the spread. So I don't think people yeah. realize just how bad Kansas is at this point. And Tech has been really up and down. They had that big loss uh, against Texas. That the great road win in Morgantown, of course, with the way Baylor beat West right. Virginia, maybe that isn't as impressive exactly. now. Going, going home last week and getting beat like that to TCU. Yeah, uh, Trout's never even close. Never even close. It got out of hand early. TCU just could not be stopped. To me, this is one of those situations where Tech comes out to play and they take care of business. I think the teams that struggle with Kansas are the ones who are really looking ahead the ones mm-hmm. who are saying we're so much better than you, we're going to roll over you. After right. after two of the last three Tech games being that way, I my my thought is they're going to come into this game focused and take care of business, and they're not going to have that look ahead. If they are, their season's just about over. Uh, oh, yeah. if, they, if they blow this one, so this is a time for them to go out there and show that they are the better team. I think they'll do that. So I'm laying the 16 uh, with Tech officially. Uh, shifting conferences, Nebraska is a two-point favorite at Minnesota. What's your play here? Official play for me, I am laying two points with Nebraska here. So two things. Number one, Nebraska's defense is good. Nothing that's happened the past few weeks ha- has changed my mind about that. And when you've got a good defense going up against Minnesota, who only scored 13 against Bowling Green, uh, so that reason right there is enough for me to lay the two points with Nebraska. The other thing that's kind of been percolating around my mind, especially with some of the comments I made earlier this year, uh, early in the season about Nebraska, 
I feel like this Nebraska team has had enough reason to quit on Scott Frost, especially earlier in the year. And then with all of these close losses, they've just had reason after reason kind of give up and they haven't done it yet. And so I think going into a game against Minnesota that I think you can win pretty handily. I don't see any reason, reason why they would throw in the towel now and not come out and play well. So I I'm laying the two points here with Nebraska and I feel good about it. I'm also laying the two points official pick for me there. Uh, the model says they should be a two and a half point favor. So the model doesn't love it, uh, but I like laying the two here. All the reasons that you just said, Nebraska's pretty good. Uh, they yeah. keep falling on the wrong side of these games, these close losses. Uh, they played really well in Norman, uh, losing to Oklahoma. They played really well against Michigan State, a team that we've been loving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Took them to overtime. Uh, then you have the Michigan game last week. At some point, they're going to get a good conference win. I think this is the week because I think they're finally stepping down in weight class. Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Michigan are three potentially top 10 teams. Minnesota yeah. is not. So I think, yeah. I, to me, they, you know, you lose those games close, then you ought to handle a Minnesota. Yep. Um, if you lose those games big, then I say you're in neck and neck with Minnesota, but I think they ought to right. be able to handle this one. So to me, I, I think Nebraska's a pretty good team. They just can't quite get on the right side of it, but this, this seems like the spot to do it. Yeah, and, and to your point about the top 10 teams, all of those three teams that you mentioned, when when I talk about those infamous Nebraska turnovers, which which could happen in this Minnesota game, those three teams you mentioned are going to make you pay for those turnovers. I'm not convinced that Minnesota is going to necessarily make you pay for those turnovers. So I, I think that's why I feel so comfortable about this. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, some uh, be better defenses and offenses that can make you pay, like you said. Right. Uh, totally different game. Uh, another Big Ten game, Rutgers is a pick'em at Northwestern. What is your play here, Cousin Jerry? So uh, to my knowledge, the quarterback for Rutgers is questionable. Not sure if he's going to play or not. But for me personally, that doesn't change my opinion of this game. <laughs> Rutgers doesn't care how ugly they have to make it. They can win ugly games. Um, and who I'm not sure that Northwestern is going to score that many points at, at all. I mean, I would kind of be surprised if Northwestern got to about 17 or so in this game. So can a backup quarterback uh, for Rutgers get them to about 18 or 19 or 20 points on the road Northwestern, I, I think they can. So uh, I'm taking Rutgers here. I agree with you. The quarterback situation doesn't change my mind. It's not like we're losing a five-star recruit here, even right. if he's out. Uh, Northwestern has looked really bad. This is another best bet for me. I'm taking the mm. zero points with Rutgers. I think they can <laughs> win this one on the road. I think they are a much better team than Northwestern. I think uh, the model thinks they should win by three. So I like the fact that the model thinks they're not just better, but they're better by a full field goal. Rutgers has had a rough stretch of games with the teams yes. that they've played. And yes. I think it's going to feel really nice for them to play a team like Northwestern, who they yes. are actually in a much, much more even playing field with. So yeah. I think, I think this is a good spot for them after, after kind of seeing what it takes to compete in the conference, realizing they're not there. Now they get to come back and, and play the, the remaining big 10 teams. And I think this is a good spot for them. So best bet for me, I'm taking Rutgers in a pick on, uh, here. Uh, staying in that region of the country, uh, Ball State at Eastern Michigan. Uh, Ball State is a three-point road favorite. What do you have for us here? Again, this is why we have such a popular podcast, Breaking Down Ball State in Eastern Michigan. Uh, so my take on this game is, I think 
Ball State is getting way too much credit for beating Army. Don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing on Army, but Army is one of those teams that if you get up early, it makes it infinitely more difficult, uh, you know, just because the offense, the Army runs and everything for them to come back. So I think Ball State is getting a little bit too much credit for that win. The other thing, I think Eastern Michigan is just probably a lot friskier than you think an Eastern Michigan team should be. Um, they put up 59 points earlier this season against Texas State. Uh, they can score. So, uh, you know, getting three points at home, that's a, a great bet in my book. So I official play for me, I'm taking the three points with Eastern Michigan. Yeah, I agree. This is another best bet of mine as well. Eastern Michigan plus three. The model thinks they should be a one and a half point favorite. So the model thinks Ball State's the better team, but not by much. So I have the wrong team favorite here. Eastern Michigan should not be getting points. They shouldn't be getting a full three. So I love getting mm. that full field goal. Ball State should not be a three-point road favorite against very many teams. I'm just right. saying they, they aren't very good. Um, not that Eastern Michigan is great either, but that's just, that's kind of a, that's a, that's a tough task to, for, for right. a team of that caliber to be a three-point road favorite. So yeah, best bet at the three, if it falls below the three later in the week, obviously that loses a whole lot of shine. At, at a number like two and a half, I, I, I cannot prognosticate where the number will go. I'm just saying it now at the plus three. I yeah. do love that pick. Uh, speaking of, I think you just mentioned the team playing Texas State, right? Texas State is a yep. home underdog against Troy. Troy is a six-point favorite. Uh, what do you have for us here? So last week, Troy broke my heart. Like I mentioned, had a total of 51 or 50. Uh, they got to 51. So that was a loss for me. I had the under. So I am actually going to flip the script here. I am taking the official play for me here over 48 and a half in the, the Troy Texas state game. Uh, so Troy, like I mentioned, all of their games this season had uh, gone under all of their FBS games this year had gone over under ex until last week. Um, so I think their offense got some confidence and Texas state, does not have a good defense at all. As I kind of alluded to earlier, 59, they give up 59 points to Eastern Michigan. Um, when they, when their defense falls apart, it really, really falls apart. So I think that Troy has enough offensive firepower, even after hitting all of these unders, you know, since the beginning of the season, I think they have enough offensive firepower uh, to hit the over 51 here. Yeah, and, and I like it. You're talking about how uh, the number sometimes catches up to a team, right? This is one of those where the number kept going down and down and down and down. At some point, right. it's it's caught up. It's not like you know you can't ride. You can you have to figure out how long to ride ride the train. Uh, last week apparently was the week to get off, but yep. you know hindsight's uh, twenty twenty yeah. and all. Yeah. Uh, so and and I, I misspoke there. I said over fifty one. It's over forty eight and a half is the official right. play. Yes, forty eight and a half. Uh, it's a pass for me. Um, I want to highlight these cases because they're interesting. Uh, it's a pass for me. The model does say that Troy should be an eight-point favorite, but the model's 0-3 backing Troy and 0-3 fading Texas State. So that's enough for me mm. to just say the model's not really doing well on those teams. Let's leave it alone. Right. There's plenty of other games to invest in. I want to highlight those scenarios because I think they're interesting. I don't want to highlight necessarily all of the other scenarios uh, because we'd be here all night. I'd just be reading the spreadsheet to you. Uh, but there will be a handful of picks that we don't mention on the podcast. We will tweet them. We'll have them in the, the Google sheet. And those are the types of games that the model seems to be doing well on those teams. And so I just, you, you can look at it and you can see my line says this, uh, that's in the Google sheet. And uh, I'm taking this number and it's all lines up. I kind of just want to highlight some of the ones where you say, oh, why isn't he making this play? It's like, well, the model's just not doing well with those teams. So those are the ones yep. I avoid. The rest of them are the ones that we trust. And so, again, it's not a common thing, but it is fun to kind of point those out and then hopefully dodge some landmines for us. So just one to stay away from me because the model's 
a little bit shaky on those two teams at this point, early in the season at least. And then our last game in this segment, again, remember, you do not have to watch them to make the monies here. Uh, this definitely falls in that category. Rice at UTSA. You never want to watch Rice in general. Uh, no. UTSA is an 18 and a half point favorite. Hey, UTSA on my good side, finally, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I faded them. I faded them. I faded them. They won. They won. They won. The numbers caught up. I said, all right, my numbers like you. And then they almost lost. I didn't yeah. know. But you know what? I went back with them last week and they got me the win. Uh, they were an underdog last week and they actually won the game outright. Um, so that was uh, fun. They're finally on my good side. Yeah. Uh, the model thinks they should be a 21 and a half point favorite. I'm going back to the well. I'm laying the 18 and a half for UTSA. <laughs> I'm going to be right or wrong one way or another every week on UTSA, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, we've got our uh, a new segment here. We're going to call this Numbers We're Waiting On. Uh, so this is a situation where we've got a few games that we've talked about that we either both, one of us likes or we both like where we play this number right now but it's not a number that we think has the most value. And if the number goes the, uh, the wrong way, we're not really losing much. But if it goes the way we hope it does, we're gaining a lot. So this is kind of an advantageous spot to wait. So these are plays that we will likely make later on in the week, hopefully at a better number than what we could talk about now. Uh, we're going to start off with a Thursday game, Navy at Memphis. Memphis is a nine-point favorite. Uh, Cousin Jared, I think this is one of the ones that you are specifically waiting on right here. Yeah, I was really hoping that I would be able to get a Navy plus the 10. I was a little disappointed when I saw that this opened around Memphis 7, 7.5, and, and it's kind of since uh, moved out to 9. So definitely it's been moving in my direction. Um, Navy has been playing better. I just don't know if I'm quite ready yet to say that I would take single-digit points with them. Um, so really I'm looking for that 10 number. So if, if uh, I catch Navy plus 10 sometime during the week, that's going to be an official play for me. All right. Yeah, that one uh, opened up, I think actually opened up six and a half uh, and oh, wow. then was set at seven for a while. Uh, I liked Memphis at six and a half, but that number was gone in the heartbeat. I do not like it at nine. Uh, so at this point, it's definitely a pass for me. Uh, even if it gets a 10, it's a pass for me. Uh, it's one of those things where, again, if you can get those early numbers, you have a whole different different set of numbers that you're able to look at. Uh, but that, that, that number is gone. So, yeah, so because uh, Jerry, they're officially waiting Navy to get to 10. Uh, for a play he's looking to make there. We have a Friday game, Clemson at Syracuse. Clemson, uh, this number's bounced around a little bit. Uh, this evening here, it was Clemson minus 13 at a Syracuse team that I feel like I back Syracuse every week. Uh, <laughs> so I'm curious to see where your head is on this one, Jared. Yeah, so this is going to be blasphemy saying this on this podcast, but I had mentally prepared myself to lay the points with Clemson earlier today. Uh, what I was expecting was, like you said, Syracuse covered against Florida State. Syracuse covered, played a very close game against Wake Forest, which I'm not sure where Wake Forest is in your rankings, but they're ranked very near the top 10 and you know the AP polls and everything. I thought that there would be some Syracuse respect coming off of that, and I thought that Clemson – I think people would have finally started coming around that, hey, Clemson's not very good. They shouldn't be laying this many points on the road uh, in an ACC game. Also, Clemson was coming off of a bye week. So I was thinking, look, there's been some questions about Clemson's offensive scheme. They're going to be a single-digit favorite on the road. I like that coming off of a bye week. I think they can cover that. 
And then I saw that it opened around 14 or 14 and a half. That was Syracuse getting 14 or 14 and a half points. And I said, no, guys, sorry. This isn't the single digits I was expecting. Two touchdowns is still way too much. I want to get the, the you know, the 14 points with, with Syracuse. When we started pulling the numbers here, I was seeing Syracuse plus 13. And, you know, maybe if I hadn't seen the uh, 14 out there earlier in the day, maybe I would have <laughs> felt more comfortable with 13. But but right now, um, you know, I, I just can't quite get there. So if it stays at 13, this is something I'm probably going to take on Thursday or Friday. But obviously, I'm hoping it jumps out to 14 between now and then. So I, I'm officially waiting on Syracuse to get two touchdowns. This is the uh, the guy looking back at the other girl meme, right? You got the 13 right. around your shoulder and you're looking back yep. at the 14. And you're yep. like, but the yep. 14. Exactly. <laughs> I think everything you said is spot on. I think it's a great analysis. Uh, Clemson coming off the bye week has a lot of opportunity to make some good things happen here. Um, Syracuse has been covering. I've been on them. They've been you know, very profitable for you if, you, if you've been following my Syracuse mm-hmm. advice. Um, I was, I was a little surprised at this number as well, but I think exactly like you said, I would take the 13 if I had to, but I also would mm-hmm. take the 12 and the 11 and a half. And I don't think mm-hmm. we're losing a ton there once you get in that range. Uh, yeah. I, I'm hoping it gets a 13 and a half or 14. So I'm hoping it gets better. I'm hoping that as the week gets closer, especially with Clemson being the favorite, this is one we may want to wait till Friday and just kind of see yeah. are people betting on Clemson, the name recognition. Oh, Syracuse isn't very good at football, that sort of thing. If we get a better number on this one. Uh, Also, just as a reminder for everyone, uh, Syracuse on a Friday night is where Clemson uh, has gone to have problems. Yeah, Yeah. and I think it's more than just them. I want to say a Florida State team several several many years ago that was Mm. ranked up at the top had some problems as well. I mean, teams can have some problems there. So, yeah, yeah, I I like this to be one of those just weird, how did they keep it close games? And, of course, with the way Clemson's played this year, the answer is how did they keep it close is because it's Clemson. (laughs) Yeah, and Syracuse has even had some games uh, in Death Valley uh, there at Clemson where they've played them way closer than they had to. So, yeah, you know, I think – if it stays at 13, definitely taking, uh, you know, Syracuse here for sure. Yeah. But man, that 14 would be amazing. I completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, sticking in the ACC, we have a Saturday game. We have our eye on North Carolina State at Boston College. Uh, North Carolina State is a short favorite, but it hasn't got to a field goal just yet. So what's your take on this one? Remember a week or two ago, I said that I think the, the best play in the ACC is just take the points in every game. I'm, yes. I haven't tracked it, but I'm pretty sure that would be like banking. At, at I mean, it, it would have won with Syracuse and last week, it, like we talked it, about, right? <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. It would have won with every Clemson game. Every it would have won with yeah. Florida State at North Carolina this past weekend. It would have right, won with Syracuse, right. Wake Forest last weekend. So anyway, uh, not that I, I forgot. I completely, in, all the, in all the craziness of this last week, the Florida State North Carolina game completely just flew under the radar. I feel like yeah. they were what, yeah. a 14 and a half point underdog, and they just uh, it was closer to 17 earlier. Close 17. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they just handled that. You just we completely forget about that game because yeah. of all the other craziness. Yeah. It, but it, I think it, it you're was, right. It's a, it's a solid theory with the ACC for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, NC State and Boston College, I feel like these are two relatively evenly matched teams. And if I could get a field goal with the home team, I'm definitely taking that. Um, If this doesn't get to three, I may still take it. But uh, this is one of those like I'm holding out until, you know, five minutes before kickoff if if I can wait for that three to to pop out. So uh, if, if it gets to three, it would be an official play for me. But I'm officially waiting to get the three points with Boston College at home. Okay, I've got this at about a pick'em, so I think there's still a little bit of value on BC. 
either way, uh, especially getting two, especially because being the ACC, this could be one of those wonky games that goes to like a triple overtime yeah. and somebody wins by two, right? So you get right. plus two, plus two and a half. It's still not a bad play, but I'm like, you, I really want that three. So, yep. uh, and I had to keep uh, a line to keep your eye on here. Uh, for that one. And then the last one, uh, this one's just specifically for me here. I'm keeping my eye on Iowa State, who's a four-point favorite at Kansas State. I think that Iowa State is the right side here, uh, especially when you look at how my model has, when they've liked Iowa State, when it hasn't liked Iowa State. It hasn't liked Iowa State really most of the year, and now it does. Uh, to me, when my model flips like that, it says it's seeing something, uh, and I think that that is uh, the way to go, as I think I have Iowa State about a six-point favorite here. The issue is that minus four doesn't really offer any value. There's nothing really to run and jump at for that, so I'm hoping it drops to three and a half. Uh, maybe three would be a better number. So it's something I'll keep my eye on throughout the week, but nothing uh, that I'm rushing to the window for. Mm-hmm. That wraps up the numbers that we're waiting on. And so we're going to close off with our old standby after dark. If you're a night owl who loves college football, this is the segment for you. We'll get right to it. There are four after dark games uh, this week. Air Force at Boise State. Boise State is a six point favorite. What do you have for us here, Cousin Jared? The teams that have given Air Force problems this year are the ones that can air it out. And Boise State has been pretty inconsistent throwing the ball this season. And in general, Boise State's just been inconsistent. I mean, uh, you know, I, I are we getting the first half of the UCF game, Boise? Uh, you know, the Boise team that just demolished a 5-1 and one UTEP team earlier this year or are we getting the second half of the UCF game Boise or the Boise that just had all sorts of problems with Nevada or are we getting the the Boise that you know beat BYU handily last week I have no idea on the road yeah I, I have no idea what we're getting from Boise this year I feel pretty consistent and solid knowing what I'm getting from Air Force so official play for me I am taking the six points with Air Force all right. All right. It's a pass for me. My number is five. So it's close enough to say um, it's not worth taking uh, from my standpoint. Uh, I'm like you. I don't know what we're getting from Boise. I, every time I think I figured them out, they go a different direction. If we were, if Jack was here, he could chime in and say basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm officially confused about Boise. So I'm just going to ignore <laughs> that game uh, yeah. and move on to the next one, which is Arizona State. At Utah, Arizona State is a small one-point favorite. Uh, what's your analysis for us here? I, I feel like the Arizona State team that we're seeing now is the Arizona State team that I expected to see before the season started. Yeah, the problem is, is I can't forget those first four weeks of the season. Um, so that coupled with the fact that Utah certainly was underwhelming the first half of the season. They make the quarterback change. They go to USC and talk about inconsistent USC, but they go and just demolish USC. And now I have no idea what to make of the Utah team with a new quarterback going against Arizona State, who seems very, very good. But also, like I said, can't forget the first few weeks of the season. So if ever there was a stay away game for me, this is flashing lights. Do not touch because i have no idea what's going to happen 
I mean, it's hard to really refute that. I have a lean to Arizona State, which kind of like we talked about earlier, for me, everything is tempered down with the Pac-12. So, right, right. Yeah, just a lean here. I like Arizona State the smallest amount, so it's a small, small play. The model thinks they should be a one-and-a-half-point favorite, so a little bit, a tiny, tiny bit of, bit of value there. Arizona State is an interesting case because early on they played poorly. My model caught on to that, and I started fading Arizona State, and that worked out pretty well for a few weeks. Right. And then the model was like, Arizona State's not very good, and it kept fading them, and that did not work for a few weeks. <laughs> now the model's really coming around to them and saying, kind of as you mentioned, that this team is finally at the level that we thought they would be. Right. And so uh, I'm trying to get a little bit ahead of a curve with this lane because I think if the trend continues uh, and they continue to do that, I think the model will pick up on that and like them even more next week. So it's, it's one of those things where this isn't a, a momentum type thing. It's just simply saying that my model does consider the full season. It does consider what you talked about, those early weeks that really that they really struggled yeah. Um, but I think we can kind of make a mental manual adjustment and say, this isn't that team uh, right now. And we've seen multiple weeks yeah. of that. And so if you give them that kind of manual boost, I think, I think there's a tiny yeah. bit of value here. Well, yeah. And not to get too far off track here, but does, does the model have, um, some sort of mechanism in it for kind of trying to get its head around recent performance and maybe how does that factor more than, you know, a game that took place, you know, eight weeks ago or something. Yeah, and that, that wasn't like a scripted question, but it did feel like a scripted question. Yeah. We actually did talk about this right before we, came, before we started recording. Uh, yeah, the model does have a, a recent com, uh, com, recent play component where it kind of tries to say there, maybe there was a key injury or a key change or something. Mm. Um, a bunch of guys came back healthy or uh, you know fired a coach and so things changed. Whatever it may be, it, it doesn't try to go into why. It just tries to say, hey, here's what's happened recently and uh, adjust the play. Now, of course, you have to be careful with that, right? You can't overcommit to that and say, right. hey, everything was one game, right? Um, and so there's a very fine balance that, that I've been kind of toying with where we're trying to say, how do we uh, shift that enough to say, here's how they've looked lately. And I think this is where they're going. And I want to encapsulate that today because that's where they are. And I don't yeah. want to wait. I don't want to wait until two weeks from now when everyone else is figuring yeah. it out. But I also yep. don't want to overreact. We talked about this all season, right? We don't want to overreact to something small. So yeah, it's, it's that fine balance there. And, and I think with Arizona State, I think we're going in that right trajectory. I think there's a tiny bit of value because of the way they're playing. Um, and so again, if they do like I expect, then they'll just continue to rise up the ratings because they uh, they just they look like a different team than they were early on in the season when they just couldn't get out of their own way. It seemed like um, right. against weaker opponents. Uh, Louisiana. Tech at UTEP. Louisiana Tech is a seven and a half point road favorite. Uh, what do you have for us here, cousin Jared? And, and if you people are looking for this game on cable, you're not going to find it. It's on ESPN Plus. So if you're really desperate to get your LaTeX UTEP fix, you're going to have to get that ESPN Plus. There's there's only so many late games, so I mean, yeah, you, exactly. you might have to, right? Exactly. Not exactly. a pay, not a paid uh, not a paid advertisement. Here. No, 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 <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so I'll I'll go back for our loyal listeners. I'll go all the way back to week zero. And we, oh I'll, gosh, I was thinking about that. That game still haunts me. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go back to the UTEP New Mexico State game. And I remember the notes that I wrote down and I said, I want to believe in UTEP. I want to believe in UTEP so badly, something to that effect. Yeah, and yeah. I just got to the point where I, I said I couldn't do it. I sprouted off all these reasons why I couldn't back UTEP in that game. Well, I have come around on UTEP 
mostly. So I think UTEP is very much improved. Obviously, their their record reflects that. But uh, so this is partially a, a bet on UTEP. It is also partially a bet on La Tech seems incapable of not playing a close game. Every game they play this year has been a one-score game, say, for maybe like an FCS opponent or something like that. They are always in these games that go down to the wire. So with those two things in mind, official play for me, I am taking these seven and a half points with UTEP. Uh, I'm on the same side with you. It is a best bet for me, UTEP plus seven and a half. I think, and I I hope our, our loyal listeners appreciate this, you just gave the research uh, explanation. And I think I'm going to say the exact same words from an analytical standpoint, because I think everything <laughs> you said, I'm like, I've got like my model, my numbers, are everything you just said, right? We didn't really believe in UTEP early on. My mm-hmm. numbers faded UTEP early on, but my numbers have finally come around. I mean, just like you talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of a like, no, no, no. And finally like, okay, I'm coming around. My numbers are finally yeah. coming around. Talk about law tech. Blatek should not be a seven and a half point road favorite against anybody in the country, <laughs> except for UConn. You're right, sorry, right. sorry, UConn. <laughs> That's yeah. it is what it is. If your name is UConn, Blatek, you should not be a seven and a half point road favorite. And again, it's one off, right? Doesn't mean they won't win by 10 or 14 or 12, whatever. Yeah. Right? But that is too big of a number for them to be laying on the road, getting the hook. My number says this should be a three point LaTeX edge. So oh, wow. uh, there's a lot to love about yeah, cro- crossing a lot of key numbers there. Crossing a lot of key numbers there, crossing the seven, crossing the four, getting to the three yeah. from what my number makes it. And of course, yeah. all of those would be winners with us. So yeah, that's my last best. That's an after dark best bet. If you don't have an ESPN plus account, uh, if not, you can just watch it on game tracker. Uh, this falls into the category too, like we said earlier, right? You don't have to watch them to win money on them. Exactly. Uh, the last one, definitely a similar situation. The after dark slate, a little bit weaker this week. Only the one Pac-12 after dark game. Uh, this week because you have the one Fox game at 7.30 Central and then you have the Friday night game. Mm-hmm. Hawaii is a 16-point road underdog at a Nevada team that seems to be coming around here. What do you have for yeah. us Yeah, so I, I personally, before I saw the line on this, I was thinking that I was going to be backing Nevada in this game. <laughs> we talked about it last week, Cal. Fortunately, you didn't have to watch the end of that Fresno State-Hawaii game a couple of weeks ago. Um, the odds of Hawaii, I think, being able to replicate that performance are, are not good. But I was hoping that would be reflected in this line and maybe, you know, Nevada would be favored by 13 or, you know, 13 and a half, something like that. But I saw the number where this opened at, and I just I just can't quite get myself there. Um, I, I was hoping that people would look at all that crazy stuff that happened at the end of the Fresno State game. Uh, you know, the low-scoring game with San Jose State, where um, you know Hawaii just lost that game at home, and they would kind of draw more from that than they they really did. But they didn't. This number is just a little bit too high for me. I just can't quite get there with Nevada on this one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, my model says this should only be an 11 point spread. So I'm actually taking the 16 with Hawaii. If the number was where you said in that 13, 13 and a half range, it would be a pass for me. That's kind of where I expected it to be as well. A lot of times these numbers I looked at, especially when you get into double digits, my numbers off by a point or two from the Vegas spread. And I say, for the most part, you know, you leave that alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case at 16, that's just too many points. So it's not a play that I love for all the reasons you just mentioned. Nevada's coming around, Hawaii. 
I just don't really buy into them. It's just a pick yeah. of trusting the math of saying that's just too many points. Right. Um, it's just too many points here. So we, we got to take that both ways, right? When the number is 20 and the model says 20 and a half, I have to say, hey, the model doesn't love laying numbers. So that means let's lay it with that team. But when it's something this big of a discrepancy and it says this plus 16, show me plus 11, I have to say, that's just way too big of a difference. We just got to take the points right. that works out for us. Uh, we also always have the backdoor opportunities here, um, especially yeah. like you talked about that 14 being a key number. But it's it, it's not that I love Hawaii here. It's just it's just a lot of points. Yeah, yeah. We're we're hoping for a repeat of of last weekend when New Mexico State got that miracle cover with six. Seconds. Right, right. And and Hawaii, you can do it with like eight seconds left, ten seconds left, whatever. Right. It's up yeah. to you as long as it's more than zero <laughs> seconds left. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because at least if it's late enough, right, Nevada won't, won't try to do anything with it. So, yeah. um, all right. And that wraps us up for another episode of Picks with the Professor. Uh, thanks for watching. Please like and subscribe, rate and review. We really appreciate that. I'm Professor Sides. That's cousin Jared. And remember. You can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.